everyone, and welcome to the Learn to Lead podcast brought to you by Ability, an experiential learning company based in beautiful Austin, Texas. I'm your host, Matthew Confer, and today on the show we have Matt Plummer, who is the founder of Zarvana, a company that focuses on increasing professionals' productivity through an online learning platform, coaching, and training services. He is also a contributor to the Harvard Business Review and Inc. Magazine. Thanks so much for joining us today, Matt. Absolutely. Thank you, Matthew, for having me on the show. Great. Well, I want to start here. Uh, at Zarvana, you guys have three core company beliefs. And the first one is listed as, it is possible to excel in work and in life at the same time, which quite frankly, sounds amazing. So let's start here. Why is that possible? And maybe as a jumping off point, what do you think most of us are getting wrong in that pursuit? Yeah, absolutely. That's a good question. And, you know, it kind of starts with my journey to starting Zarvana, which was I had seen a number of other professionals, even at my same company, when I was doing strategy and management consulting, loving what they were doing, but burning out after a certain period of time. And so I said, there has to be another way to do this, you know, to do jobs that you love without having it ruin your personal life and needing to exit from that. And, you know, a lot of the time we focus on the symptoms of burnout and a lack of work-life balance. And we do things like meditation or, you know, other wellness hacks. And those are great and should be done. But it doesn't address the root cause, which often is that we have too much work and that we're not able to manage that work in a time that allows us to invest in our personal lives. And so from there, I began to explore, well, what if I could get more productive at the things that I was doing in the office so that I could get more done in less time and then be able to devote more time to my personal life and have more of a sense of balance. And that was the beginning of my pursuit. Ultimately, I was able to drop my hours from about 50 to 55, which was the firm average, to under 40. And that, as you can imagine, significantly increased the, the quality of my life while improving my performance at work. And so since then, we've arrived at this idea that there's two sides of the coin of increasing work-life satisfaction. One is to think about boundaries, to think about healthy habits, to think about wellness. But the other side of the coin is how can you get your work done more efficiently and effectively so that you have more time for that? And so what, what is the part that if I wanted to make one change in what I was doing, where would you question me to figure out where I should maybe start that pursuit in, in how I work or how I operate as a, as a professional in an environment that's moving super fast and I'm, I'm loving the opportunity to potentially optimize my day? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, that's where most people go to start is like, what are the one or two tips that I can take with me? And I'll, I'll answer in two ways. One is that I would say for the, the vast majority of people getting email, the combination of email to-do list and their calendar in an integrated system that is working and is optimized and isn't overwhelming them or causing them to rely on their minds to keep track of everything they have to do that's the place to start. And that's where the vast majority of people um, are not optimized. And so that creates a ripple effect through everything that they end up doing. So I would say always start there, start with getting your email under control. So, you know, the average professional spends over two and a half hours on email a day. And so if you can get that under control and have it integrated with your to-do list 
and your calendar so that you're getting done what you want to get done in the time that you allot for it, then that will be a great starting point. The other thing I would say, though, is that it's more of a philosophy and approach than a specific tip. And that is, we found that the key to becoming more productive is making small changes to your behaviors and then sticking with them over time and experimenting continually with new changes that can drive those improvements. And so what I would recommend to everyone, and you know, this is the approach that we've seen at companies that have tried, for example, four-day work weeks and seeing productivity go up, even though they're decreasing the amount of time they're spending in the office. And what have they done? They've just questioned the longstanding patterns and ways of working. And by questioning them and forcing themselves to change them in order to meet a new requirement of working in only four days, they're able to see huge and dramatic gains in productivity. And it's the same thing. If you question how you do things and apply this approach of continual experimentation, that approach can help guide you into greater productivity. Really interesting stuff. So we're focused here a lot on leadership. When you think about your own personal leadership style, how do you go about questioning your approach, iterating on your approach, and, and maybe even enhancing your approach, giving some of those frameworks that you just laid out for our listeners? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And where I start is with the mindset of continuous improvement. And so saying, how can I, how can I continue to get faster at this? How can I do this better? Uh, and that is tied to certain metrics. And for one, and this is where I started, uh, you know, <clears throat> our, the hours that you work are not everything when it comes to sustainability or productivity. Like that's an obvious, to think that just the hours you work would uh, represent that would be an obvious oversimplification. At the same time, hours that you work is a good indication of where you're trending. And if you can see patterns in that over time, then that indicates, okay, am I becoming a little more productive or a little less productive? Am I heading towards burnout or not? And so I track the hours that I work on a pretty rigorous, like consistent, uh, but simple basis. And then I am continually looking for ways to drive that down while accomplishing the same or more work. And so that allows me to have a top-down and a bottom-up strategy. The bottom-up strategy is saying, okay, I'm working on a task. How can I do this a little better? How can I do this faster? The top-down is saying, here's the metric that I'm looking at on a regular basis. How do I continue to move that metric in the direction and trend that I wanna go? I absolutely love that. I'm thinking back to starting my career in the consulting world and you were in some ways, I hate to say it like this, but you were forced to track your hours, forced to integrate them into a system where they could be measured. But I never really thought about how actual effective those hours were. It was very much of rudimentary entering the time and then just doing that week in, week out. So where mm -hmm. you changed most dramatically in the last one to two years, maybe is it a new morning ritual that you do? Is it something that you do at the end of the day now that you didn't do before? How have you made some of those small iterative changes um, after tracking your time and seeing where you're spending your time most effectively? Yeah, the so one thing I would say is that, you know, we often come to our professional routines somewhat through either kind of observing others and then replicating that or falling into what feels comfortable. And to some extent, that's where I was even in the first year of starting Zarvana, 
that you know a lot of what we were teaching people and that I was personally doing was based on personal experience and observation and more anecdotal results. And then, and this was partially inspired by Adam Grant, you know, the, we decided to make a move to say, okay, we want everything that we recommend to be based on actual verifiable research that this is more productive or more effective. And what that caused me to do was actually reevaluate some of the behaviors that I was doing at the time that I was like, oh yeah, this is more productive. And one of the things that came out of that um, was that there was this interesting study that showed that, and I'll try to, to summarize it very quickly, that basically uh, when, when doctors whose job was to review uh, x-rays and CT scans, when they were told to follow a specific policy for how they processed work in their queue in terms of using first in, first out, uh, they were 13% more productive than those who were allowed to decide how they drew work from their queue. And it wasn't that the individual processing time or strategies that they used were any faster in the more productive group. It was that the time that was spent on making the decision about which work to do at any given moment added up to 13%, you know, which for the average person working nine to 10 hours is over an hour a day in a single day. And so what that taught me was that, okay, if we're making decisions about what to do next, every 11 minutes, which is how often the average professional switches context, then we're going to be adding a significant amount of time to our days and wasting a lot of time making decisions. So as a result, what I do now is at the beginning of the day or you know, the end of the previous day, um, I will look at my to-do list, the high priority items, and then I'll schedule out the full day so that I don't have to think about what I'm going to be doing over the course of that day. I just allow my calendar to push me through the day. And I even you know at this point have scheduled out elements of my personal life and non-work life so that I know that I'm actually going to get to it and I don't have to think about, oh, what should I do now? I find that uh, the medical study that you referenced there fascinating and my mind couldn't not go to um, some of the, the folk heroes in the technology space who, who wear the same thing every day and the, the thought process being, you know, I don't even want to spend brain power or time in the morning deciding what to wear. I want that decision to be made for me. Um, one direction that I really wanted to take this conversation is productivity from a remote work perspective. Um, you've been somebody who's been working remote, leading remote for a long time, and we're all kind of in this interesting um, universe right now where we're all forced to work remote. Um, what would be some of the tips that you would have for specifically focused on excelling in remote work? Absolutely. And, you know, we actually just put together a toolkit and a course on this. And so we've been doing a lot of thinking about it, because as you said, we've been working remotely, you know, with a team that spans three continents uh, over the last two to three years. And so certainly something that we've lived and experienced. And, you know, when it, uh, Buffer, the social media platform, did a survey of remote workers, I think they do it every year. But what they found is that the greatest challenge is uh, or the top three challenges are unplugging after work, loneliness, and collaboration or communication amongst teams. And so the first thing I would say is, as you move into remote work, you have to recognize that the behaviors that you did in the office 
were prompted and triggered by a whole range of cues that were in that environment that prompted you to do them. And now those have been removed. And so now you are, you know, for the most part, many people are at home. And so the, the environmental cues that exist there actually prompt you to do non-work related behaviors. And so you have to develop new habits and arrange your environment as much as possible in a way that will trigger work-related behaviors. And so the first thing that we recommend to people is to carve out a space. You know, some people don't have a separate room, but carve out even within a room, a separate space to do work, and then try to only do work in that space so that you're not being distracted and pushed out of work by, you know, seeing something that's like, oh yeah, I would like to just check uh, social media right now or, you know, talk to a friend or something. And so creating the right environment that reinforces work-related behaviors is a good starting point. What's the, what's the hardest thing for you to still adjust about yourself, your team, your routine? Um, you're somebody who lives this, you breathe it, you sell it, your company is based on it. What's still difficult for you as a, as a personal challenge a professional and as a leader to get right where's the focus for you from now until the end of the year or beyond one the thing that i would say that is the hardest and, and the reason we focus so much on habits is that there are always points in time when i think oh i can just do this whatever that might be without engaging the behavior that i know is more productive so for example, if we go back to the scheduling out your day, there are many days throughout a month where I'm like, oh yeah, I can just, it would be faster for me just to jump in and, you know, just start working because I already know what I'm supposed to do without taking the time to actually schedule it out. And to resist that urge that I can do it faster by, because the thing is about productivity is that any time that you want to become more productive, you actually this is probably almost 100% true. You almost always have to invest time up front in order to become more productive. And so most people are not willing to make that investment because they, you know, oftentimes we're, we're looking at just the short-term situation. And so on a daily basis, that decision of, can I realize that if I take a little bit time, more time now, it will actually save me time on an ongoing basis. That is... Uh, kind of a daily challenge. And so sticking to the habits and being consistent and also recognizing that if I miss it one day, not to allow that to affect my perspective on the abil uh, the, my ability to be consistent. Because what happens is when we are inconsistent with our habits, we begin to believe that this isn't something that we can be consistent with, which further causes us to lose the habit. And so that that kind of ongoing challenge is something that uh, certainly I wrestle with and have to remind myself and, and recenter myself around. I really like the, the concept of you have to at some point commit to the fact that if you want the long-term benefit, you have to invest the time up front. And sometimes that time up front is just scary because you're not sure that it's going to be productive. But if you want to play the long game, you have to think about that. Th this conversation has been Great, Matt. I, I have a ton of things that, that I now want to do to increase my own productivity. So um, I'm going to shift to the final two questions, um, rapid fire style that we ask um, all of our guests. And, and the first one is this. 
If you could describe your own personal leadership style in one word, um, what word would that be? I would use the word uh, developer. And I'll move to our final question, which is what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? The one I would call out here is in my, in my last job, someone said at one point that your job is always to take on as much of your supervisor's job as possible. And that really, if you use that as a uh, kind of orienting principle, that really causes you to rethink a lot of things about what you're doing in your workday and, and you know, what types of questions you're asking yourself and what you're forcing yourself to be focused on. And so that, that's been a very powerful principle for me. I love that principle to, uh, to leave us with. And thank you so much for, for joining us today. Where, where can our listeners find out more about you and your company? Absolutely. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to be part of this conversation. And, you know, listeners can uh, feel free to go to zarvana.com. So that's uh, Z-A-R-V-A-N-A. And uh, we have, uh, you know, can access the online platform. As I mentioned earlier, we uh, are just releasing a course on remote work, uh, you know, to meet the need um, that many people are facing right now. So that's something else you can access. And there's a, a wide range of free resources there as well. Well, thank you so much, Matt. Thank you for all the great insight. And listeners, if you enjoyed today's show, we would love a rating and review in your podcast app of choice. And we truly appreciate it if you share this show and all others with your network. You can find me on social media at Matthew Confer, and you can find our organization, Ability, that is A-B-I-L-I-T-I-E, at Ability.com. Be sure to subscribe so that you get our next episode. And I want to thank all of you for joining us on the Learn to Lead podcast.